We all want some level of safety and security. Firefighters, construction workers, EMT. They're all there when you need them to help manage life's chaos. In retirement, you want that same level of safety, but who is there for you to make sure your money will last? Brian isn't just there in case of emergency. He's there so you don't have an emergency with your money. A safer retirement doesn't mean a boring retirement, but a prepared one full of the things that inspire you. This is Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker. Welcome to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. You can always go to the website to learn more, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Brian, Brad, and the team are here to help you figure out where you are on that road to retirement. And to help you do that, you can go to DeckerRetirementPlanning.com. Under the heading of Safer Retirement Education, there are 12 different things you can download, no cost to you. It's all there for your information. Uh, maybe you want Brian's book on retirement, the Decker Approach book. There's other things there that you can download. Uh, it's all for your information. Then once you get some of that, you might have some questions. Or maybe today on this radio show, uh, Brian and Brad will be talking about something. You're like, wow, I didn't know that, or I'd like to learn more about that. You can always give the team a call. There's no cost. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. I'm Mark Kelly. Glad you're with us. All right, Brian, where are you and Brad going today? You're going to tell us the markets are going to do nothing but go up every day of 2024. Everything is peaches and cream. It's all good. You know, that's funny, Mark. Uh, the estimates from the wirehouses, the Wall Street houses, are inherently wrong on the upside because being bearish is not good for business. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, their, their estimates for the S&P are, are almost always wrong to the upside. Um and and when it comes to buy, hold, and sell recommendations from Wall Street houses, uh, would it surprise you if over 80% of the recommendations are buy? No, that would not surprise me there. Because that's good for business. But today, in answer to your question, Brad and I are going to talk about, we only have time to talk about two things. We're going to talk about risk, risk strategies. We're going to talk about principal guaranteed accounts. And that that will cover 50 minutes. So uh, we'll, we'll jump right in. Brad, I just want to point out just as a review, big picture, um, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s, when you have clients that can take, a, I don't know, a 40, 50% hit in their 401k, they have income coming in from work, no big deal. Every two weeks, they they pitch money into their 401k. So in the three to four years that takes for the markets to recover and make new highs, you're the better off for it. Those are the accumulation years. What changes when you turn 65? How do, how, what's the difference between distribution planning and accumulation planning? Let's start there. Yeah, it's your starting point. You know, to me, uh, any old financial advisor, any you know, even CFP, I'm a certified financial planner, and while I have chosen to specialize in the retirement stage, um, totally understand the other phase of the accumulation stage that you just described. And and me, what it comes down to is they're putting money away. You know, the biggest discussion that they need to have with their advisor is how much they can save. You know, what's their savings rate? Now, yes, there is some decisions that need to be made around what you buy and what portfolio might be too risky for your preferences or you know, unrealistic return expectations. But really, it comes down to their savings rate during the accumulation phase. That's why they're successful in the end is they put away more money than they spent. The distribution phase is, I mean, without without exaggerating, is wholly focused on how they're going to use that money. 
you know, they spent 30, 40 years accumulating a certain amount of total assets. And now they need to figure out why they saved that. And that's where you start to hit that distribution phase and introduces new risks, new values, new objectives. You know, you don't, you're not really talking about tax as much in the accumulation phase, but you better believe when I'm sitting in my office, taxes are front and center in many of my discussions. So you just have a new set of goals and objectives once you reach that point where you can plant a flag and say, I've made it. Okay, let's talk about the different layers of distribution planning in retirement. One of them is, um, let's talk about the contrast between the 4% rule and uh, drawing income from laddered principal guaranteed accounts. So let's start there. When you draw income from accounts that fluctuate, you compromise gains when markets go up, you accentuate losses when markets go down, and it works until it doesn't. So you, you, uh, classic was, um, if you retired January 1 of 2000 and you were drawing 4% from your assets, the, the good news is you're retired. The bad news is S&P's down 50%, NASDAQ's down 70 but let's just use... Uh, the S&P. So you're down 50, but you're drawn four, four, and four. You're actually down 62%. Then the markets from uh, March of 03 to November of 07, they double. And during that period, you're drawing four, four, and four. So you don't get all that over that period uh, of four years times three. You don't get that double. You, you take 12% during that period, and then you take another 50% hit from November of 09 to November of 07 to March of 09. That's another 50% hit. And that's why we saw uh, so many millions of gray-haired people show up at fast food, at Walmart, at banks. They had to go to plan B. They had to sell their home, move in with their kids because they, they broke this math rule of uh, you never draw income from fluctuating accounts. So let's start there, Brad. When it comes to laddered principal guaranteed accounts, a good litmus test was 2022. S&P down 19, NASDAQ down 33, bonds down 20, commodities down. How much did our clients lose in their uh, different buckets, laddered principal guaranteed accounts that we use for income. Yeah. I mean, when you have principal protection in there, you know, a couple of things, you know, for sure that the accounts are, the account is going to be there to meet the planned income. You know, we're, as a financial advisory, we do a lot of company or registered investment advisory. We do a lot of financial planning as well, as you've seen with the other CFPs we have on staff. It's, it's, uh, it, those principal guaranteed assets don't lose anything when markets are down. And it's just because we're positioning client assets to be drawn from the right source at the right time and um, setting the right expectations for what kind of growth they're going to get. But no, a client at our shop is never going to have a loss on the funds that they're distributing to themselves because of poor, say, poorly timed market crash. Okay, good. So we talked about uh, difference between accumulation strategies versus distribution. We talked about drawing income from laddered principal guaranteed accounts versus drawing income from fluctuating accounts. Now, why don't we use bond funds, Brad? Bond funds is the go-to for bankers and brokers, and they tell you that's where your safe money is. But in the last three years with interest rates going up, Brad, they've lost over 35%. And 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 people are being told, advisors are telling their clients that that's where their safe money is. Give uh, listeners a little background on why we would never put retirement assets in uh, bond funds. 
You've been going back to the accumulation stage. You think about that pie chart that gives us all that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling when you're looking at our 401ks and you see your 60% in your stocks, which are your risk assets, and your 40% in your fixed income. And you know, it feels like a good blend of holdings. Those bond funds are used by advisors typically to just simply offset your stock allocation. And traditional rule of thumb says the more of in your portfolio you put in equities, the more aggressive you are because equities are the ones that go through 30, 40, and as you said, even 50% draw, drawdowns when markets are bad. And your bond funds are meant to safeguard you by balancing out that stock portfolio that your advisor is telling you is pretty risky. The problem is that those bond funds are still at-risk securities. It's a pool of assets, and your shares in that bond is going to reflect the cumulative price, supposedly, of the underlying bond holdings. And because it is at risk, it is that share price is moving up and down with market dynamics that are not always going to be in your favor. You're going to have market environments where perhaps bond funds just for supply and demand reasons are not in favor. Or 2022 is a case study in something called interest rate risk, where bond funds became, as again, and as you noted in rates of return, one of the worst assets to hold in that rising rate environment. If interest rates rise, you lose money in a bond fund. So uh, the reason they don't work in retirement is because they don't provide that safety that people expect out of their fixed income. Now, let's talk uh, real quickly about 2024 expectations for interest rates. I want to point out, and this is important for listeners to differentiate, there's a, a manually set rate from the Federal Reserve Bank, and they'll they'll that's part of monetary policy where they will uh, put the gas on if they want to cut rates and stimulate the economy. They'll put the brakes on if they want to slow down the economy and raise rates. They've raised rates from a 10-year treasury of 0.47. We are up now to been as high as 5%. We're Brad, now we're below four. We're at 3.9 something. Um, but next year, there's a lot of people, very smart people, who think that the Fed cuts rates at least four times. That's what's supposedly baked into the market. So if we don't get four rate cuts, the expectation is that the market's not going to like that and sell off. But there's another rate, um, a floating rate, that is the bond rate. It's affected by supply and demand of bonds. There's 34 trillion reasons, using a, a kind of a joke, on why interest rates on treasury bonds have to go higher. You can't move 34 trillion in volume with a 4% rate. And that's what some smart people are saying. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Tug of war between interest rates um, going up or down. But our clients don't have to worry about that um, because we don't have a fluctuating bond rate with interest rate risk. Brad, let's take some time going through how on a monthly basis, we go through the Wink, W-I-N-K, the Wink database to look at the highest earning principal guaranteed account offerings. So, Brad, uh, let's talk about short-term rates. Um, we'll let, give us a current ballpark on where we are for rates for money markets, which is cash, uh, one-year, three-year, five-year, seven- and ten-year laddered principal guaranteed taxable and tax-free income. Yeah, it's been a pretty wild three weeks uh, since the Feds first started the signal that they might actually pause those rate hikes that we've been ceiling over the last year and a half with inflation. I guess two years now. Uh, so, I mean, you, you have uh, rates on the 
the U.S. Treasury went down from a peak at that 5% back in fall. I think it's just breaking 4% now. Um, on fixed rates, you know, some of the highest yielding fixed rates that are, uh, I think, still worth the, the caliber of backing. You're looking at somewhere between 5 and 6% guaranteed returns on and so that's usually in like the three to five year time frame. Um, if you're looking at some longer term holdings, that's where rates actually become quite attractive still. Um, you know, something north of six, seven, I'd say maybe even a little higher than that in some situations. Um, but that'd be more on the variable rates. I'd like you said that weak database with all those index indexes that can be used to uh, get growth on funds without risking capital is a way to get that growth. So you know, it's, it's, it's a moving target right now. I think rates are going to be going lower for the foreseeable future. So I think my main rule that I have for my clients and my annual reviews in today's environment is we don't want to be chasing short-term yields with with long-term money. So I think it's a good good time to really think hard about when you need the money that you're looking to invest because the rate environment can be a little bit confusing right now. So if you'd like to see really how your portfolio is set up, are you in the right place for you and your situation, your timeline? Uh, maybe you're five years from retirement, maybe you're already retired. Um, what is your situation and where are you when it comes to your investments? Are they in the right place for you? And what does happen if the markets go way down? Are you going to be able to survive that? Do you have 100% of your money in the market? Well, Brian and the team and Brad and the team at Decker Retirement are here to help guide you. 833-707-3030. If you have questions, concerns, boy, I'm not really sure. I think I've got enough. I hope I've got enough. I think I can retire. Why not find out? This is your opportunity. There's no cost to chat with Brian, Brad, and the team at Decker Retirement. They're here to help guide you. And it's not them telling you, here's what you can do. No, here's some options for you in this area. Income, investment, taxes, healthcare, legacy planning, Social Security, Medicare decisions. Retirement is much different than your working years. A lot of things are on your shoulders. Why not use a team that actually specializes in the retirement planning world? Decker Retirement, here to help guide. 833-707-3030. 833 3030. We're just getting started on today's Safer Retirement Radio with Brian and Brad of Decker Retirement. Stay with us. We're back right after this. Have you ever done something and then thought, well, that was a giant waste of money? You might have that same thought in retirement if you don't plan for taxes. Call the team at Decker Retirement Planning to make sure you aren't giving more to Uncle Sam than you have to. 833-707-3030. That's 833-707-3030. 30. Who likes uncertainty? Wall Street certainly doesn't. With near record inflation and partisan politics, there's a lot of uncertainty right now. What will America's future look like? What will your future look like? Will your taxes go up? Will your savings go down? For more than three decades, Brian Decker has seen uncertainty come and go. No matter what the future holds, Brian and the team at Decker Retirement can help you create a plan designed to preserve your finances in uncertain times. And it's not a matter of if those uncertain times will show up, but when. Call 833-707-3030 now to meet with Brian Decker and the Decker Retirement Team. If uncertainty is causing you to feel insecure, Brian Decker can help. Call 833-707-3030 and schedule your visit today. 833-707-3030. Investment advisory and insurance services offered through Decker Retirement Planning, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. 
Welcome back to Save for Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott, 833-707-3030. If you have questions, concerns, uh, everything that Brian and Brad are talking about, really about the markets and the forecast for 2024, are we positioned the right way for what's coming? We don't really know. There's no guarantee uh, that things will go exactly as we think. We think it's going to be probably, what do you think, Brian? Probably a little volatile first quarter, and then second quarter maybe smooth out. Then we get to the third quarter because it's a presidential election year, probably get bumpy again. Then, regardless of which party wins in November, and things kind of calmed out again. How, how do you see that? It cracks me up. when I, I've been in the business 38 years, and I remember one guy when I was a good friend of mine, I shared an office with him when I first started, and when people would ask him about uh, his forecast for the market, he said with definite certainty, he said, the markets will go up and they will go down. And that's about all we know. As far as uh, what could happen, there's geopolitical events that are very much on the radar. The Fed, we're watching the Fed. Will rates go higher or lower? Will the economy respond to um, what the Fed has done in, in uh, easing off or backing off more rate hikes? Um, what about corporate earnings? Um, is there enough stimulus in place? How much buybacks? I mean, all those things are factors that will... There, there's three reasons that markets go higher. One is corporate earnings. We'll see how they track. The second is interest rates. Declining interest rates help the markets. Rising interest rates hurt the markets because if interest rates are rising, more and more people will take chips off the table and say, geez, I'll take my chances with a 5% one-year CD. And then the third thing is um, something that's very much on our radar, and that's the the deficit, the deficit being at 34 trillion. Do you know, Mark, just uh, it was only a few months ago we were at 33 trillion. And in 2016, we were at 20 trillion. So this thing. And in 2000, we were 5.6 trillion. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, it, it is kind of concerning. And we have many sayings on Wall Street. One of them is it doesn't matter until it matters. It'll be interesting to see when it matters, finally. Uh, so the deficit is something that's on a radar. The deficit at 34 trillion crowds out um, uh, more more economic growth from the government. The higher you have in deficit, um, and by the way, once you're over 100 percent of GDP in debt, that's a marginal line that's watched very carefully. Historically, um, that's very hard to come back from that. Right now, we have all G7 nations over 100% of their GDP in debt. And the eyes right now of the world are on Japan. Why? Because Japan has 400% of their GDP in debt. Um, they should be a bug on a windshield, but um, it's interesting to watch how that, that uh, economy just keeps muddling through. By the way, an interesting statistic, do you know that the Japanese stock market peaked in the 1980s and still has not hit new highs. And it's been that long. Did you know that? I did not. Um, so let's go back to interest rates. Why would we take a fluctuating rate with interest rate risk when we have rates like this? Now, this dates this um, recording, but right now, first of um, first of the year, 2024, Money market rates, you can get over 5% on one-year, uh, two-year, three-year fixed rate investments. You can get uh, high fives. Um, five years, you can get 
right at about 6% for principal guaranteed fixed rate accounts. Now, when it comes to seven and 10 year principal guaranteed accounts, um, we're seeing the highest participation rates in my 38 year career. I've never seen higher. So average annual returns for the last 16 years are well over 10%. Um, I think that's being conservative. And so we're seeing very good rates and these do not have interest rate risk. And then on the principal guaranteed tax-free side, uh, we're seeing rates, um, net of fees for tax-free principal guaranteed accounts of over seven and sometimes over 8%. So with rates like that, why would we ever go to bond funds? We, we wouldn't and we don't. But Brad, um, let's wrap up. Any closing comments before we switch over to the risk side uh, on the difference between accumulation planning, distribution planning, the contrast between bond funds and laddered principal guaranteed accounts. Any any other comments on that before we move on? Yeah, I just think it's important that people have a very clear view in their mind of if they're at the point where their savings is either their their savings effort is either complete or mostly complete or if they've still just got a long ways to go. Because if they're still seven, eight, 10, 15 years from retiring, just keep with the best practices, putting away as much as you can. And after managing your own portfolio, targeting a blend of of various asset classes adhered to certain tenets of diversification. But once you start to get to that stage where you've probably accumulated enough to last a lifetime, let's keep it that way. And that's where we want to start looking at things a little differently. Yeah. When you retire, you want to stay retired. Nobody wants to go back to work. And when you lose, here's an interesting statistic. I've got my HP 12C loaded right here, Brad. So 2022, NASDAQ was down 33%. The next year, 2023, it was up 43%. How much, if you had $100,000 invested for those two calendar years, how much would you have made or lost? The answer, you would have lost 4.2% over that two-year period. Now let's do the S&P. S&P in 2022 down 19%. In 2023, let's say it's up 24%. How much would you have made or lost over those two years? You would have been exactly flat. So (laughs) avoiding losses in retirement is critically important. Brad, anything else before we go into the risk side? No, you said it well. Okay. So now when it comes to retirement, you you can and should take risk because any any big drops in the market uh, before retirement in your accumulation years, you can make up uh, by uh, dollar cost averaging in your 401k, time is on your side, you can buy and hold. All of those things make sense. The rules are totally different when you retire and if you draw income from an account that's down 30, 40, 50%, that is terminal. That will send you back to work. That will change the amount of money that you can draw in retirement. That changes your retirement life. When you're retired, you want to stay retired. So Brad, there's three parts to what we show for risk reduction. One is quantitatively reducing uh, client risk. Time and time again, people come into our office, they're retired and they're taking way too much risk. So let's cover that. Second, let's cover strategically how we can reduce their risk. And then third, let's talk about how we eliminate interest rate risk. So let's start there. Those are the three ways that we can, in a huge way, reduce client risk in retirement. Just for your information, boys, you got two and a half minutes. 
Oh, Brad, so just free. maybe take the easy one, take uh, take interest rate risk and maybe quantitatively start that. I don't know. Yeah. So I think the first risk that, what, that I want to think about when designing an investment strategy for a client is making sure that any of their safe assets is not just safe in the form of like less volatility, that that's kind of a common way of financial advisors defining risk that I've found is not usually in line with what retail investors, normal clients think about as safety. They're, they're thinking about principal protection when the advisor is using a term called volatility. And so by stripping out things like interest rate risk from uh, not using bond funds is, is a better way of going about allocating funds that are used at specific intervals over the course of someone's retirement. You're doing distributions from an account when you're in a bond fund that has a good deal of interest rate risk, along with just other market dynamics as well, that can cause uh, people to be drawing from an account that's in the red that they ought not to do. Yeah. So then the other risk that that sometimes I've found clients are um, interested to learn is is quantitatively how much risk they need in retirement. I know the normal way of going about this is how much risk do you want? You fill out one of those risk questionnaires that for an array of reasons, I think favor the advisor, not the client. But those uh, in, instead of looking at it from the perspective of objectively, how much risk do they need? And I think what I've found over the years of doing this that is that uh, a lot of people, if not looking at their plan from that distribution lens, ends up end up with a lot more risk exposure than they actually need in order to be successful on in retirement. And, and so reducing risk uh, in terms of total dollars at risk is, is an important outcome of, of distribution planning. So let me add a little bit to, and we'll go into the next segment on this, but strategically we reduce risk by uh, being able to employ strategies in the markets that are able to maximize your returns when markets go up and then play defense and protect principal when markets go down. So when the markets are headed higher, um, what we want to do is have in place, and by the way, uptrending markets were quantitative on that definition. When the S&P is trading above its 200-day moving average, the market's said to be in an uptrend. And the strategies that make the most money when markets are headed higher, according to what works on Wall Street, Jake O'Shaughnessy's book, page 367, Appendix A, biggest study ever done since 1950. They're all momentum strategies, relative strength strategies, sector rotation strategies. And Mark, we're going to dive into that in detail in the next segment. I can't wait for that. If you have questions about anything that Brian and Brad have been talking about so far, though, again, you can always call them. There's no cost to have a conversation about the questions or concerns you have regarding your specific situation. 833-707-3030. 833-707-3030. No cost, no obligation, no pressure. 833-707-3030. Back with more of Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning right after this. Do you need help ensuring any remaining assets that you've worked so hard to create are distributed to your beneficiaries in the most tax-efficient manner? If you would like to talk or meet with Brian about your legacy planning, call 833-707-3030. Again, that's 833-707-3030. Have you noticed the market's roller coaster ride lately? Even a single day's dip can significantly impact your retirement. If the idea of shielding your nest egg from market volatility resonates with you, it's time to talk to the experts at Decker Retirement Planning. Call us now at 833-707-3030. Our unique approach aims to dial down the risk, keeping about 25 to 30% of your assets at risk. Instead of the conventional 60-40 pie chart, at Decker Retirement Planning, we don't use a pie chart. We strive to offer you a detailed retirement income plan 
It's about seeing the bigger picture, aligning your investments to your long-term goals, and making informed decisions. Whether you're new to retirement planning or already have a plan, we can help. Call Decker Retirement today to learn about the six things we do well for our clients that all financial advisors should be doing. Call 833-707-3030 today. That's 833-707-3030. Investment advisory and insurance services offered through Decker Retirement Planning, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott. Glad you're with us. You can always go to the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. There are about 12 different things you can download. No cost to you. It's really there for your information. Uh, For example, Brian's book on retirement, the Decker Approach Book, Three Principles of Retirement Book, Checklist Challenge, Sample Income Plan. Those are just four of the 12 things you can download right off the the website, DeckerRetirementPlanning.com, under the heading of Safer Retirement Education. It's really there for your information. And if you get some of that, then you have questions or something that Brian and Brad are talking about today. You're like, wow, I didn't know that. I'd like to learn more. How does that affect me? 833-707-3030. All right, Brian, continue on your conversation, talking risk in the markets. You still got a lot to get to. Okay. In the two-sided strategy, we stopped having one set of managers, five different managers, play offense and defense. And we um, made a big change where we have an offensive team on the field when the markets are headed higher, just like the NFL. When the markets cross the 200-day moving average and start a downtrend, we pull the offensive team off the field, put the defensive team on the field. But I want to be, I want to laser focus on the strategies in an up market. So in an up market, what works on Wall Street, page uh, 367, Jake O'Shaughnessy's book, Biggest Study Ever Done uh, Since 1950, what produces the highest returns when the market's in an uptrend? It and the following uh, are in the top 15, accompanying most all of the top 15. They're called momentum, relative strength, and sector rotation strategies. So here's how these work. Every stock index and ETF is assigned a relative strength score zero to 100, and you are invested in whatever is going up the fastest with the highest volume. That's called momentum. It's also called relative strength investing and sector rotation. So here's an example. In 2000, 01 and 02, the S&P took a 50% hit. NASDAQ down 70%. But there were many sectors during that period going up in value. For example, real estate through the REITs, gold, silver, the energy sector, um, pharmaceuticals, healthcare, biotech, all those sectors went up and you made good money all three years by investing in what went up. And then the markets bottomed in March of 03 and exploded to the upside in small caps, emerging markets, technology, semiconductors. And so you would have rotated into those. And then when the markets rolled into 2008, it was a waterfall decline across the board. Everything took a hit except for treasury bonds. Treasury bonds were up 20% in 2008. You would have had a heavy cash account, but you would have owned treasury bonds and made, made money in 2008. That is how momentum, relative strength, and sector rotation strategies work together. So when the markets are going up, we are cherry picking the best stocks, indexes, and ETFs 
according to relative strength scores. We are cherry picking the best investments. So we're making very good money when markets go up. However, when markets go down, we pull the offensive team off the field, we put the defensive team on the field, and we've handpicked four different strategies that are momentum-based that make money when markets go down. So in 2022, that was a very difficult market, but it was a good place for us to test the defensive strategies. In 2022, the S&P was down 19, NASDAQ down 33, bonds down 20, commodities across the board were down, and using momentum and relative strength and sector rotation, you would have focused in on energy. This was crude oil, natural gas, the drillers, the frackers, the transports, the pipelines. All of those made money, good money, double-digit money. And you would have made money when a lot of people would have taken a hit. And so we've handpicked four of those that made money in 2022, put those as our defensive team. So now we are able to make money in up markets and we're designed to make money in down markets or at the very least protect capital from taking these big hits. Now imagine that you just retire January 1 of 2022. Your first year in retirement, you took an average hit in your stock portfolio of 30% and bankers and brokers recommend people have a 60-40 or a 70-30 portfolio. So imagine taking right off the top, first year of retirement, a 30% hit in, here I've got a calculator. So if, if, um, if you took a 30% hit on 65% of your portfolio, so I'll just average the two between 60 and 70, that's a 19.5% loss of capital in one year. A loss of capital, investment capital, all that you've saved for in retirement in one year, 19.5% is gone. But wait, there's more. Brad, that's like the sham wow guy. Do you remember the sham wow guy? Oh, yeah. I remember that guy. Okay. So- but wait, there's more. Bonds, your supposedly safe money, were down 20%. And then there was nowhere to hide in commodities. Commodities took a hit too. So stock bond portfolio in 2022 took a hit where you lost 20%, 19.5% in your stock portfolio. And in the 35%, um, you took a 20% hit. So that's... Uh, about 26% of your portfolio of all that you've worked for in your adult life is gone in one year. And we talked in the front end of the show how when you take that kind of a hit, even with big returns in 2023, you are still either negative or about flat for two years. Now, when you draw income from accounts that are either flat or down, that is tough. And in fact, this, this brings up a great point. In over 100 years of history, there has been four times that the S&P 500 has ever traded above a market valuation of 30 times trailing earnings, only four times. One was 1929, 17 years to get your money back. Second time was 1964, 18 years to get your money back. The third was November of 1999, 14 years to get your money back. Well, the fourth time, we hit 32 times trailing earnings November of 2021. And if history repeats, we're looking at a flat market cycle where if you have passive investment strategies, buying and holding stocks, indexes, ETFs, or mutual funds, you will have a zero return if history repeats. 
Now, we want to hope for the best, but plan for the worst. In a two-sided strategy, in the years that markets go up, we're able to make very good money. But when markets go down, instead of giving it back, which you can't make up in retirement unless you go back to work, we put in place strategies on the downside so that you don't lose money on the principal guaranteed portion and you're designed to make money as markets go down on the uh, risk portion of the two-sided strategy. But Brad, there's other ways to lower volatility and you're an expert in this. There's sleeves of diversification with dividend investments and other things. So Brad, I want to hand it off to you to how you with your clients lower volatility and talk them through these kinds of periods. Yeah, I think it, it, my favorite um, tool or, or uh, arrow in my quiver is the one where we're looking very specifically at how much time someone has between now um, and when they're going to use that money. I bring this up all the time in my office uh, because they might not just be a risk-averse investor. Uh, maybe on the funds that they need in the next one to three years, they might be risk averse. But if I were to show them funds that they don't need for two decades, they would agree with me, even as a risk averse investor, that they're comfortable with a little bit more volatility there. So for me, I, I think it starts by just being really clear um, of what their plan is going to, uh, how the plan is going to govern their investment strategy. And this is why it's it's so important that if people don't have an income plan or uh, even just any form of a financial plan, once you get to retirement, that's super important. You, know, you got to get that underway. It should drive how you invest money. But specifically with regards to the risk bucket, when you've already lowered the number of dollars that are at risk, um, your best asset is time. It's the amount of distance that you have between today and when you use the money in 15 or 20 years down the road. And because of that time, there's a lot of different strategies that can work fine, assuming someone understands the risks involved. I mentioned the buy and hold approach. You can absolutely, and we have in the market, gone through extended periods of time where the market did not average 9% as it has historically for over 100 years. You know, that can have absolutely no return over that 10-year 15-year period of time, uh, like you mentioned. Um, at the same time, there is a lot of distance, however. 10, 15, 20 years out, we're going to go through a few market cycles, a few economic cycles, so a bunch of different approaches that can be used that have their own unique advantages and disadvantages, some of them more active in nature like what you described. Well, Brad, when do you and how do you diversify clients? Um, Two-sided strategy, uh, strategies that are more in line with the markets? Uh, when do you bring dividends in? What percentage of the portfolio do you mix them in? Talk about how you put all that together. Yeah. So what you're referring to is the last last phase of someone's final portfolio. We've already identified pieces of their their growth expectations to the right time frame, specifically in the principal guaranteed space and got them the best rates of return that are available in the market for that. Um, and then when it comes to their risk strategy, a lot of it comes down to really trying to understand what a client is expecting for how they're going to walk through this account over the next 15 years. And um, I bring up very specific examples to try to understand how a client would feel if we went through a market environment where let's say the account is up 20% or something. It's a buy and hold strategy. It's up a lot because of like last year's performance. It's, I feel like that client might want to uh, take a uh, take the chance to take some money off 
off the table and then, you know, maybe put into something conservative. Well, the buy and hold approach isn't for them because they want to make adjustments to the portfolio in the near term for a portfolio strategy that requires a longer investment horizon. Now, the example I just said was a, now it's like best case scenario, you have outperformance, <laughs> take money off the table, but it's the other scenario that's more realistic. And this is where people can have to endure a 20 or 30% decline in that holding. And while it worked to get them to where they're at, it can be kind of stressful in a downturn when people are retired. And so they would just need to, to buy and hold and ride out, maybe even add to their risk account in that kind of a decline. And, and if someone's comfortable with that, because that's what got them there, it's how they saved the money. That's a great strategy for them. It's actually very predictable over the long run. You, over 10, 20 years, it's why asset allocation and similar principle of diversification can work well for people. But for folks that are going to be very cognizant of whether they're down or up or sideways and they're comparing they're scared about the market or nervous about an election cycle, in those cases, more active management or, or being able to feel confident that if markets do start to head into a free fall, that they have the right structure in place to be able to exit that. And that's where those algorithms, those two-sided models, um, give a, a really good way for people to sleep well at night knowing that they have a strategy that has done well at protecting against losses in those environments. So again, if you're not really sure where you are in that world of investing, right? Am I taking too much risk? Not enough risk. The right amount of risk. Everybody's situation is unique. And that's how Brian and Brad, the team at, at Decker Retirement, look at it. What makes the most sense for whomever they're sitting down with? How do they help guide them when it comes to their safer retirement process, if you will, income, investment, taxes, healthcare, legacy planning, social security decisions, Medicare decisions. It's all about whomever Brian and Brad are sitting down with and the team at Decker Retirement. How can they help guide you, help you strategize, show you options that you may not even be aware of in the retirement world in all those areas? 833-707-3030, again, is the number. No cost to chat with the team. There's no pressure. There's no obligation. 833-707-3030. This might be one of the more important phone calls you make. It's your opportunity to find out where you are. Wouldn't you like to come in and sit down and say, they say, you could have retired three years ago. Well, you got a lot of, you got more options now, don't you? If you actually do, that was the case. Or, hey, I want to retire in 2024 or 2025. They go, boy, we got to make some tweaks if that's going to happen. Wouldn't you rather know these things before you retire? Find out where you are. 833-707-3030. Back with more with Brian and Brad right here on Safer Retirement Radio. Is the price tag on everything giving you sticker shock? From groceries to gas, the cost of living is skyrocketing. But if you think inflation is painful now, just wait till you retire. Ease inflation's impact on your retirement dreams by calling Brian and start preparing today. 833-707-3030. Again, that's 833-707-3030. Have you noticed the market's roller coaster ride lately? Even a single day's dip can significantly impact your retirement. If the idea of shielding your nest egg from market volatility resonates with you, it's time to talk to the experts at Decker Retirement Planning. Call us now at 833-707-3030. Our unique approach aims to dial down the risk, keeping about 25 to 30% of your assets at risk. Instead of the conventional 60-40 pie chart, at Decker Retirement Planning, we don't use a pie chart. We strive to offer you a detailed retirement income plan it's about seeing the bigger picture, aligning your investments to your long-term goals, and making informed decisions. Whether you're new to retirement planning or already have a plan, we can help. Call Decker Retirement today to learn about the six things we do well for our clients that all financial advisors should be doing. Call 833-707-3030 today. 833-707-3030. 
That's 833-707-3030. Investment advisory and insurance services offered through Decker Retirement Planning, Inc., a registered investment advisor. You're listening to Safer Retirement Radio. If you like what you hear on today's show or have questions, drop by DeckerRetirementPlanning.com or call 833-707-3030 to talk to Brian. Glad you're with us today for Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement Planning. I'm Mark Elliott, 833-707-3030. If you have questions, you have concerns, boy, I think I can retire. I think I've got enough, but you don't really know. Why not find out? Talk with a retirement planning team like Decker Retirement, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. I know, Brian, in the last segment, you and Brad are going to talk about maybe kind of a recap of how the markets did. What are you kind of expecting things to happen? But you're also going to get into some tax strategy in this final segment, right? Right. So when it comes to markets that are definitely, here's here's what's going to happen, Mark. Markets will either go up, down, or flat. How's that? For a prediction, three options: up, down, or sideways. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And so, in up markets, um, when markets go up, our risk portfolios uh, do very well. They participate with the market. Uh, they capture a big chunk of the gain, or more than that gain, because of our cherry picking ability with momentum strategies. We have correlated strategies that can pick up the the market gain when markets go up. Um, we have our pr- laddered principal guaranteed accounts that do well in up markets. But let's talk about down markets. Down market, anyone can do well in an up market. That's not where we set ourselves aside as a a differentiator. When markets go down, people in retirement know they cannot afford to take that hit. So let's go back to 2022. How did our distribution plan that we've talked about all uh, for this last hour, how did it do in 2022 when the S&P was down 19, NASDAQ down 33, bonds down 20, commodities across the board were down. It was a tough market. Well, buckets one, two, and three are uh, fixed rate accounts. All of those made money. Buckets four and five are seven and 10-year principal guaranteed accounts. Those kicked in with uh, their principal guaranteed function did not lose money. The tax-free account uh, for that bucket did not lose money on the index. And so where are we left? Well, the rest of the money is the risk bucket. So with the S&P down 19, NASDAQ down 33, the, the managers did a very good job of protecting capital. Last year, we were down six. We've upgraded to managers that would have made money in 2022. But let's even take say that you lost six on the risk side. Because that's only 20 to 25% of your portfolio, we are one of the few firms in the nation that can say that their total portfolio in 2022 actually made money. We're proud of that. Actually made money in a very difficult market. So our clients did not take that hit. Um, but Brad, now... And with the time that we have left, I want to tee up what for most people is the biggest tax saving strategy in their lifetime. It's the Roth conversion or Roth accounts. And if they have the option in their 401ks, we're hoping that they are contributing to their Roth every year. Many of our clients have incomes that are too high. They're disqualified from contributing to a Roth. So the only way they get money into a Roth is through the IRA to Roth conversion. Brad, I'm going to tee this up by giving some numbers, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to go through the step-by-step process that we go through to mathematically, number one, know how much 
should be converted to a Roth, where in the portfolio it should be converted to a Roth, and why that's so critically important. So here's the numbers. Listeners, imagine a 60-year-old person, million-dollar IRA growing at 6% a year, at age 72, dutifully, they pay their required minimum distributions, and we killed him off at age 90. How much tax did he pay? In his lifetime, he paid 676732 but wait, there's more, because according to the SECURE Act, when you send a, a beneficiary IRA to your beneficiaries, they have 10 years to pay the rest, which in this case is 718496 a total of 395 228, almost 1.4 million in taxes. Now, listeners, if you understand this next number, this should make you sick. After 30 years of an IRA growing at 6% a year, the net of tax transfer to the beneficiaries is a measly 1,223385, million after 30 years of 6% growth. The IRS loves the IRA. Congress loves the IRA. It is the most inefficient tax vehicle on the planet, and it is not in your benefit to have the IRA and ride it through retirement years and pay required minimum distributions. So let's do a, a, a second take on this. Instead of doing what this person did at first, just riding it through, doing nothing, let's say that they meet us. They say they meet you, Brad. And the 60-year-old million-dollar IRA growing at 6% a year, we aggressively go after it and we convert 225, 225, 225, 50,000 a year so that at age 72, there's no IRA left. That whole million, proactively, you paid the taxes on it. And then we killed him off at age 90. How much tax did he pay? Did he pay a million three nine five like in the IRA? No, paid three nineteen four seven four, almost one point one million less in taxes. Did he transfer a million two over to his beneficiaries? No, he transferred four point one. Brad, why is that? Why is it that the taxes paid is so dramatically less, and the net of tax transfer is so dramatically higher? Yeah, I love that math on the Roth conversion. Um, I mean, what it comes down to is people just have this uh, view of their IRAs that if they take a distribution now versus taking a distribution in the future, that that account is going to be smaller now because they um, did a conversion of IRA assets to Roth IRA because of the tax liability that they're paying now that they could have just deferred. But that tax liability is always on that account, whether it's twice the size, three times the size, four times the time size, 10x the size, your net of tax dollars is going to stay just a portion of this silent partnership that you have with the US government in the form of your tax deferred status on that account. So you can double, triple, quadruple that account if you want to defer taxes as long as you wish. And you're just double, triple, or 10xing the amount that you owe the IRS in that case. So we recommend nipping that tax liability in the bud um, while it's as small as presumably it's ever going to be. You pay those taxes now and then allow that to grow and compound completely tax-free um, for the rest of your life if you're going to use it. In your lifetime, it allows a tax-free source of income. But of course, for those uh, people listening in that have either federal taxation on their estates or funds that they likely are going to pass on to kids. Those IRAs are the worst asset to pass on to them, to loved ones. Uh, those Roth IRAs are much, much, much more efficient to pass on. 
okay, Brad, but what assets do we, as a math-based firm, what what assets do we want to see converted from IRA to Roth? Surely not the money market or the one, three, five, seven, ten year principal guaranteed accounts. Where do we focus the Roth conversion? Yeah. If someone's going to be doing a Roth conversion and planning on spending the money in the next one to five years, they're making a mistake. You want to position anything that's in a Roth IRA as part of your longest term holding. It's your best, strongest taxable, or sorry, tax uh, shelter over the course of a long-term retirement. So this is where you want to put your more aggressive investment allocations. What we've been referring to as the risk bucket here uh, on this show uh, is the best place to park that uh, money because you don't need it for 10, 15, 20 years. Okay. And then how do we do it? Do you convert all million dollars all at once? How do you actually go about the IRA to Roth conversion? Yeah, it's always the funny one to me. Um, it's amazing how many people I've found in the last two years know about Roth conversions now, um, but the how rare it is for people to actually be giving guidance as to how much they should convert. It's just exceedingly rare. They know about it. They know they should be doing it. But as soon as they approach their advisor about how to do it and what they need to do, uh, the advisor is going to pawn it off on them or their CTA. Um, what it comes down to is you chip away at it. You chip away at an IRA. Um, I usually tell my clients that um, they uh, uh, should be able to fill up whatever bracket that they deem acceptable. All right. Now, I, I say acceptable kind of tongue in cheek because really uh, there's there's two acceptable tax brackets. The first one is zero. Um, and unfortunately, that's just not possible. The 0% tax bracket is elusive to many of my clients before we get a hold of their portfolios. Um, but then you have the second acceptable bracket, which is the one that they're probably going to be in for the duration of their retirement. In a lot of cases, it's 22%, 24%. Sometimes it's the 32% bracket. What you want to do is fill up that bracket. If you're halfway through the 24% bracket that sits in between 22 and 32, you go right up to the top of that 24% bracket with extra conversions from your IRA to your Roth IRA. After doing that for four or five years in a row, you end up with a rather large Roth IRA and put you in a lot better tax situation in the future. But there's something called headroom, Brad, that you calculate for your clients every year. That's that's key to uh, knowing how to do this right. That's what I was calling filling up the bracket. So if you're in the 24% bracket, you fill up that bracket to the top of that level. Um, and yeah, the, the term is headroom, but that's just filling up the bracket that you're in with extra uh, taxable income. Brad, what if you've got a client, let's say a dentist put 200000 office building, now it's worth $2 million. He bought Amazon at $10 a share in, uh, in 2003. He's got early low-cost basis of Google, Microsoft, and he's got seven figures in capital gains. Do you have a way that you can make those capital gains go away? Oh man, that's a good one and a whole can of worms. Uh, sale of highly appreciated assets. We could do an entire show to that. And then I'd propose to you, Brian, why don't we actually do a whole show on that? And so maybe that'll be our topic next time. We get together on Safer Retirement Radio with Brian J. Decker and Brad Geddes of Decker Retirement. Uh, we're out of time. Don't have time to get into all of that. If you would like, you have questions, you want to learn more about what Brian and Brad were talking about, does, does moving to the Roth world make sense? And if it does, you have to do it in the right way. So why not talk with the team at Decker Retirement, 833-707-3030. Again, this is complimentary, no cost to you, 833-707-3030, 833-707-3030. Thanks, Brian and Brad. Appreciate the time. We'll do it again next week. 
Security and insurance services offered by Decker Retirement Planning, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Decker Retirement Planning is not permitted to offer and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable. And accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Decker Retirement Planning. This radio show is a paid placement.